you look at fashion sakal and them most of our guys who've gone to play at the highest level have come from very humble backgrounds you know but they believed in their you know in the dreams that they had and you know um, and god made it possible so believe in yourself and believe in god and nothing is impossible in this world You are listening to Concrete Pastures Podcast. I am Nancy Mulemwasisi. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For anyone who is new on our platform, this is a space that allows myself and others to share our stories as we deconstruct the world's view of an immigrant status. We unlike the joys, the laughs, and the bravery that being a dreamer brings. So subscribe, like, share, and stay a while as we dive into today's episode. Oh my God, I am so excited. I'm just a little bit under the weather, but I'm excited inside right now. <laughs> All of us in the diaspora that are football fans, soccer fans, like we call it back home, uh, we're super excited. We are looking forward to who's winning the African Cup this year. And um, today, for anybody who's new, this is a platform where we highlight immigrant stories. But today I'm here to highlight our technical director at Football Association of Zambia, Licensed Zulu. And uh, I am so excited. He's waking up, guys, at 4. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, he's at 4 a.m. and I am at 6 a.m. here. And I'm so honored just to be joined by him. How are you? I am very well, Nancy. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my God. I needed to catch you before the internet, you know, not that the internet back home is bad, but <laughs> it has its own issues. So I had to catch you before you went back home. Guys, he's in the US of A and he just chose to come during winter time. I'm, you know, I would choose to come summertime. But um, I love your jersey. It's cool. And I'm wearing mine representing our Zambian, you know, Chipolo. Hello. You know, Copa is like, I mean, Loco is Laka, so we're doing Copa as we prepare for the Africa Cup of Nations. Oh, 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 I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I am. Did you watch the game yesterday? I'm sure you did. Because it's not on DSTV, um, and also I had class in the afternoon yesterday because I'm I'm here on the US Sports Visitor Program. So I had sessions with the US um, Soccer Federation yesterday around the same time the game was being played. Oh my God. So I was just following on the social media and just getting feedback from some of my team who are in Ivory Coast. Oh, lovely. Guys, anybody who is in the diaspora and you have access to the app Sling TV, you can cut this from unless you upgrade i think you catch the live but you can catch the pre-games after their play you can catch it the next day so today i'm gonna watch the game myself too i was catching up i was doing the same thing i was trying to catch it live but you have to pay for that it's a lot of money but i did see it was draw one one right one one yes yay oh my god fingers crossed <laughs> so we're already starting um i just want to give a little bit of insight as to how you joined our um, Zambian team. What is your background? So um, I grew up in Kalingalinga compound near Mass Media in Lusaka. Oh, wow. 
So I think my journey starts from the year 2002 uh, when I played in a tournament. Um, so they brought a lot of teams together and the aim of this tournament was to pick um, 22 players that were going to represent uh, the country in Sweden and Norway. So during the tournament, my team reached the final and um, at the end of the tournament, they started calling the 22 names of the players that they believed were good enough to go and represent Zambia in Sweden and Norway at the Gothia and Norway Cups. And you won't believe it, my name was the 22nd name on the list. <laughs> it was the last name on the list. Um, wow. And that was February of 2002. And in July, we traveled to um, to Sweden to mm. play in the Gothia Cup. Um, and then thereafter, we went to Norway. And that was the very first time I was leaving, you know, the country to, to go abroad. Um, and that experience just changed the way I, I look at life. And, you know, when we went back home, I think um, because it was such a big deal, you know, there was a lot of interest from members of the community asking how Europe is, you know, a lot of questions from young players, you know, asking about how our experience was. Yeah. Um, so from there, I try to find a way to give back because then all of a sudden I thought I had something that I could share with the community. And at that point, I decided to give back and I would hold sessions, football sessions with, you know, uh, young players in the community. But these sessions were different because we talk about, you know, life challenges that I tried to impact some of the life skills into some of these um, players that came to the sessions. So um, I introduced these sessions in schools. I started with Kalingalinga Primary School, which was my former school. And before I knew it, I had all the schools in, you know, in the compound, uh, which I was visiting on a regular basis just to interact with, you know, uh, some of the young people that I thought maybe I could have an impact on. And then during one of these sessions, I didn't know uh, there was a partnership between um, EduSport Foundation, which is where I was from, and um, a project called uh, Wallace. So this was a project which involved bringing students from uh, the United Kingdom to Zambia. You know, they came to Zambian communities to, to coach sport. So one afternoon I was delivering a session and there was the um, a lady in the back uh, of the classroom. Um, I didn't know, but she was the deputy director of sport at the University of Bath. So when she saw me deliver this session, she thought I deserved the chance to to be, you know, at the University of Bath. But that alone was not enough. So the following day, I had a match at Imboela Stadium against Nkwazi. She sent some people to come and watch me and they were quite happy with, with what they saw. So they gave her the report and in no time, um, I was called to trial uh, in England at the University of Bath, you know, I went out for 10 days. I had um, I had to train with the first team and, you know, get feedback from the coaches. After 10 days, I went back to Zambia. And two months later, you know, I got the news that I'd received the scholarship, you know, to study at the University of Bath. So from there, I moved to the UK in 2007, yeah, in about August 2007, where I pursued uh, a foundation degree in sports uh, performance. Mm -hmm. And then after the University of Bath, I moved to the University of Loughborough, which arguably is the best sports uh, university in the world. Um, I moved to Loughborough, where I did uh, my uh, bachelor's in sports science with management. And then when I finished the course, you know, I decided to go back home just to try and add value to, you know, um, to sport and you know, I got a job at the OIDC Zambia, it's called now. Actually, 
when I went there, um, I took over from Coach George Rwandamina. He's a renowned uh, football coach in Zambia. Yeah. So I took over from him as a head of football. And then after a few years, I, I, I got the programs manager uh, role, which involved managing uh, 14 sports disciplines. And then, yeah, from there, uh, I was appointed first as Football Development Manager, Football Association of Zambia. So I was, I was looking for a new challenge after having worked at OIDC for seven years. And I thought the timing was perfect. So I got appointed as Football Development Manager. So at this point, I had to um, give notice to OIDC that I'm now moving to, you know, to fires. You know, the notice was received. And in that month of handing over, uh, there was a team of experts from FIFA who were coming to conduct the interviews for uh, for the technical director for the football association. And the idea was that in this role that they had given me, I was going to be reporting to the technical director who was going to be appointed by the, you know, the panel of FIFA delegates. And then I received a call one morning asking me to come into the football house to meet some of the FIFA delegates just so they can understand, you know, the person who's going to report to, to the main guy, which was going to be the technical director. No. But at this point, after, you know, a 10 minute um, meeting with them, I was meeting them for the very first time, but after 10 minutes, you know, one of them said, you know what, we believe you have what it takes to also go for this role. Why don't you apply for this position? Wow. You know, but at that point, I'm like, you know, it's it's a big <laughs> position. I'm thinking, you know, I, I'm comfortable just being football development manager so I can report to the technical director. Um, but then, you know, um, he insisted and he said, OK, you go think about it. If you're interested, you know, uh, you can still apply and just show interest. Uh, but it's a win-win situation for you. If you get the uh, if you don't get the technical director job, you can still, you know, be retained as a football development manager. So I went home, um, you know, discussed with my wife and we thought, why not? You know, mm -hmm. so I put in my application and but before I left, the FIFA, uh, the FIFA experts told me, well, you're disadvantaged because it means you only have these questions that we're going to give you for only two days when everyone else has had them for two weeks. So there was a short list of, you know, candidates for this position. So I had two days to prepare and I went in uh, on the day of the interviews. And on that day, I remember I was actually flying to the US. I was going to New York with my wife. So when I got to New York three days later, they got in touch and told me that I had the job, you know, so... That's how I, 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 you know, I became the technical director of the Football Association of Zambia. Wow, beautiful! It's um, it, it's so inspirational. Just from uh, a little bit that you shared, you getting into the football world and then going back to give back, and that's what actually uh, helps you to rise to where you are today, which is. I'm so big on giving back where we come from. I also grew up rural and I love that you went back to Kalingalinga. For anybody who's not familiar with Zambia, Kalingalinga is one of like compounds that's like a rural area, really. But it's amazing that you don't forget where you came from, which is beautiful. So could you share with us what it truly takes to be, uh, what, what does your role entail? Like what, what, what do you do for the team? In the simplest terms, the football uh, technical director prepares the future of the country's football. So the head coach will prepare the next game. The technical director is preparing the next 10 years of football. Oh, wow. So my role oversees all youth national teams, coach education, uh, women's football, uh, futsal and beach soccer. So so my role is basically in charge of all football related um, 
issues in the country. Um, so I'll be the one conducting the coaching courses. I'll be the one making recommendations on which coaches I believe, you know, have the capacity to to coach our youth national teams. I also sit on the technical committee to make recommendations on who can become the head coach of the senior men's national team. So in summary, that's what my, my role entails. So now since that, um, you know, the African Cup is happening and Zambia, thank God, has qualified to be at the um, at the African Cup. What does it take to prepare for this type of event, like for the team itself? It's a lot of work. I, I know people just see the 90 minutes, uh, you know, we yes. played, but it's a lot of work that goes on in the background. Uh, the first thing is, you know, coming up with a technical bench that you believe in you know, that will achieve the set goals and objectives. So a technical bench will consist of the head coach, uh, the assistant coach, the goalkeeper coach, the physiotherapist, the team doctors, the team managers, uh, the video analysts. Um, So it's a whole group of, you know, support staff in the background. So that is probably one of the key elements that has to be put in place. Apart from that, so the, the, the technical bench is entrusted with selecting the players that will, you know, play in a oh, given so match. So not everybody plays? Well, <laughs> not really. Not really. I mean, depending on on the philosophy of the coach, he'll pick the players that he believes will, you know, um, will be able to fit in that philosophy and be able to deliver. So depending on the type of opponent, maybe the coach will pick different players as well. Got it. You know, so apart from that, we have to organize um, high profile friendlies. You know, we, we played Cameroon not not long ago, just before we went to the AFCON in Saudi Arabia, because uh, the team camped in Saudi Arabia for over a week before the, the AFCON. So there's a lot that really goes on in the background. You know, you have to manage the travel of, of these players. We have to also communicate to their clubs, you know, regarding their release or a national duty. Yeah. And this whole team is performing different functions to ensure that, you know, the team is is ready for any major competitions. Got it. I mean, um, yesterday they played, they are playing also on the 21st and the 24th. What do they do in the meantime? Like, are they training every single day? Because <laughs> we don't see behind the scenes. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> we need the inside. Like, what's happening while they are, you know, they are waiting to play? Well, obviously they're getting ready they're preparing for the next game, but they prepare for the next game based on different factors. So the opponent that will play next is different, which means the way we prepare for them will be different. So oh. their approach will be different. But then they will do a lot of video analysis of the opponent that we're playing and also of our own team and how we can exploit you know, the weaknesses of the opponents that we are facing next, which is Tanzania. Oh, Tanzania. Um, but also they will do the analysis of how we played uh, yesterday against um, Congo against Congo DR to see if there's any areas that, you know, need to be improved. So the players will actually get the visuals of how they played and they'll get feedback to try and improve on, on that for, for the next game. So there's still a lot of work that is happening in camp. But, you know, it's a team of experts which we have put together so they'll understand when to load the players and when to rest them. So there'll be, you know, there'll be moments when the team will be resting, but most of it will be put into trying to get ready for the next game. So they are playing with Tanzania on the 21st and then um, Morocco. Have we played Morocco before? We have. Yes, we have. We have played Morocco. Um, we've played Morocco before, and we, and Tanzania being our neighbor, also, you know, we we have played them. So it's not exactly the easiest of groups. 
but yeah. it's exciting. I think we have a team that can produce results and, um, you know, picking up a draw yesterday was not bad for a start. You know, we can build from there. Mind you, we have a young team um, which is not experienced at this level also. The only player who's been at AFCON in this whole team is Sunzu, who was there also in 2012 when we won it. So, um, you know, I believe the team will uh, grow in strength, you know, as they, as they progress. Yes, and I believe the team is in good hands. You guys are, um, are amazing. So what are some of the challenges you guys face? during this time and also in your role you being the uh, technical developer? Uh, maybe some challenges would be, you know, the players are coming from different clubs, but you can only have them for a certain uh, time because there's what we call the FIFA window. So you cannot have access to, uh, you know, these players uh, until such a time. Like in this case for the AFCON, uh, the players that we called could only be released by their clubs starting the 1st of January. So so you don't purposes. have enough time to train with them. You don't have a lot of time. But remember, these are professionals who are practicing with their clubs week in, week out. So when they, when they come into camp for the national team, uh, the coach just works on the tactical approach, you know, banking on the fact that they are playing, you know, at their different clubs. That sometimes can be um, can be challenging. Oh, wow. I didn't even know. I thought they give you like, you know, a lot of time. Uh, someone was telling me the clubs in Europe are playing and because uh, I was asking, are you watching the Afghan? They're like, not really because I'm watching the, the exactly. European. So and it's playing a... at the same time. So I'm exactly. like, exactly. And they're exactly. mad that this is happening. They're really soccer fans. They're like, I'm so pissed that this is happening because some of the players have left. I'm like, oh. exactly. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's difficult because, you know, they want to play for their clubs also, but their allegiance also is to the country. They want to play for the country. Yeah. So it becomes difficult, especially for uh, the fact that most of our players are not playing uh, locally, you know a huge percentage of our players are playing abroad, which mm. means their team are affected by the absence of these players. But all you know, they are professionals and they know how to conduct themselves to maximize, you know, on these opportunities. Oh, wow. So it, it, having said that, like they are coming from other clubs and coming. So how do you manage like collaborating with coaches on how to manage this type of, um, uh, I guess, integrating someone from the club to the other team members <laughs> so i talked about the funny. philosophy yeah i talked about the philosophy so they they know the, the game model might mm. be different uh, you know between the club and the national team yes um but then remember these are professionals you know at the highest they're competing at the highest level so depending on what the coach asks of them that they're able to adjust and and still be able to deliver oh. in that short time that we have with them at the national team you know they'll understand what the coach is asking of them to do and still be able to perform at the highest level got it mm -hmm. so there's a lot of uh you know aspiring uh kids out there wanting to be like you uh wanting to be like our you know our soccer team uh players and what advice would you give them for the aspiring kids the advice is that dreams do come true. You know, dreams do come true. Uh, even my own story, I think, is is a testimony to that fact. You know, growing up in Kalingalinga, going to study at some of the best universities in the UK, and now serving as the technical director of the Football Association of Zambia, which is, you know, a, a real privilege for me. 
but if you look at my journey you you know it's it's a testimony that indeed dreams do come true so if the young players have dreams of becoming professional one day it is possible you know if you look at the stories even of Pat Sandaka and you know Enoch Mwepu who unfortunately you know is not playing anymore because of a medical condition you look at Fashion Sakala and them most of our guys who've gone to play at the highest level have come from very humble backgrounds you know but they believed in their you know in the dreams that they had and you know um, and God made it possible so believe in yourself and believe in God and nothing is impossible in this world but also you have to work hard it's not easy you have to train hard and look always look at improving yourself what was that what who's been your blueprint because a lot of people that are successful uh they look at someone um i guess they admire to see the work that they have done in your case there's a lot of players um that have come and been successful who's been your blueprint i think a lot of inspiration came from my dad for one reason actually because my dad used to play and he took me to the first match you know it was between Zanaco and Green Buffaloes and I was very young then but I was amazed at how many people went to watch the game you know it, it was crazy but then so I started playing and remember I told you I'd gone to Sweden and know where to play at yeah. a very young age but my dad always used to tell me you know you have to invest in both your school and your football because football is a very short career he would tell me that so in the summer of 2004 i was supposed to travel with the team to sweden and norway again but he told me no no you focus on your school and i hated them i probably didn't speak to him for a couple of days because <laughs> it didn't make sense why he would stop me from traveling with the team to go and play football but he knew he knew many years later i thank him that he you know guided me on that path and you know I thank God that there was people to guide me on that path at different levels there was the founder of Age Sport Foundation Oscar Mwanga who also played a key role um when I moved to uh, England because I was very young I needed to have a, a UK guardian and um there was a lady they were the same lady who was who actually thought I deserved the chance in Zambia Nikki Fossey Lewis uh, she was my legal guardian together with her husband Ian Lewis uh, these also provided a lot of mentorship a lot of guidance on this journey um so i think th- those people have had the you know the most influence on on my life so far plus the many other coaches who coached me prior to going to the UK and also when i was when I was in the UK. Beautiful. What do you think is the future for our Zambian team? Because now we've made it to the Afghan and uh, waiting for the World Cup. Well, the future is looking good, I must say. You know, firstly, if you look at the number of players that we have in Europe for both the men's and the women's teams, you know, Zambia has a lot of potential. Um, clearly, we won the Afghan once. Um, and if it's on the women's side, you know, we've qualified to the Africa Cup of Nations a lot of times. We've also qualified to the Olympics just in the recent past. The last Olympics, we're the only African team to have qualified. Hey. And also, we're one of the four African teams to qualify to the World Cup. So that shows you that there's a lot of potential in our football and the future is looking good. You know, football is now becoming a career that hopefully parents can encourage their children to to take and and guide them along that path. That's amazing. This is an off type of topic. Like w- w- what is the president saying? Like is he happy with you guys work that you're doing 
or does he even get involved at all? The president of the state? Yes. No, he's he's the number one fan of the teams. <laughs> Every time the teams qualify to any major competition or they win a match, you yeah. see him celebrating that success or you know on social media and sometimes inviting the teams to state house, you know, to to dine with him. So that has been a, a motivation also for for our teams to want to do better at all major competitions. Beautiful, beautiful. And what do you think is the I mean, I'm sure you'll be biased, but what's the projection of this events happening right now for the Zambian team. Are we taking it home or what's happening? Best on I think we have a good enough team. And like I said, I think we'll, you know, we'll grow in strength from game to game. But uh, I'm really sure that we'll qualify from the group and we'll take each game as it comes. But in terms of the quality in the team, we have the quality that has the potential to go as far as possible in this tournament. Got it. Do you guys provide any training for the young uh, youth? Is it for coaches or players? Players. Yes, there's there's a lot of training. Uh, there's a lot of academies which are coming up now in Zambia okay. where young people can register and, you know, um, get to compete with other young players. Um, there's a lot of leagues and tournaments which have been introduced. So the platform is there for training and competition. What's the age limit? There's no age limit. <laughs> there's no age limit. Um, depending on what team you're playing for, there's no age limit really. But kids who start as young as six years old join an academy and you know go through the ranks until maybe they are 18 to join a professional team and yeah it goes on from there oh, my son is four he's playing oh that's uh, good that's good <laughs> he's playing here so when we visit Zambia we're going to come and you know have him play somehow at, that's uh, good yeah that's good I've got two sons um, yeah. Elijah and Nkonde 11 and 12 oh nice so they're, they're both playing so it's, it's nice to, to just go and watch their sessions sometimes and maybe try to set up sessions at home sometimes just to try and improve their skills so do they, do they like you coaching them or they like other people it's it's hard when i think it's difficult because of what i do it's very difficult and sometimes i have to watch myself that i'm not too harsh and i'm not expecting too much but at that age i just want them to enjoy the game it's more important i think at that age so they can you know fell in love with the game and try to improve on you know their technique which is their ball mastery skills yeah and um, that's more important for that age group it's not about winning then you know yeah. it, it's about them learning the game and just loving the game you know why i ask because i find myself being critical and i'm looking at my son he's playing rolling on the floor and the, his coach is just like just let him be he's enjoying he's kicking the ball <laughs> he's scoring whatever he's doing because he'll play 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 trying to grab he even grabs the ball from uh, from his own people and kick to the opposite yeah. <laughs> when they have been. No, but for me, I think my wife is more like the coach. She's the one who's pushing them even more. You know, she's a perfectionist, so she's wanting them to get it right. Like she's pushing them more. And I'm like, okay, let's take it easy now. You know, I'm all being technical, like trying to ensure that they're still uh, loving the game. Yeah, that's what he keeps telling me. The coach is like, just let him, let him love the, the, the game. Yeah. So, uh, even when we're home, he's kicking. I'm like, not in the house. <laughs> hard yeah. kicks now uh, than like yeah. the windows please <laughs> yeah, I know I know oh beautiful but what do they think about uh, what you do as a parent with uh, you know but sometimes 
<clears throat> when you're in a certain career, we put our kids into that career, it's depending on what it is. Some mm -hmm. doctors want their kids to be doctors. Some, depending on what career they, they're doing. So in your case, what do they think? Do they love it or are they doing it because you ask them or you guys are asking them to do it? No, no. My sons love to play. Oh, love. They love the game. Yeah, they love the game. And um, I can see them developing as well, which is a good thing for me. And I hope, you know, I hope the game will provide them opportunities where they can play. Yeah. But the most important thing is for them to, to want this. You know, it doesn't matter how much we want it. If they want it more, they will become what they want. But I believe, you know, they're on the right path if they want to play in the future. But remember also, we are ensuring that they get their education. You know, it's, for us, it's very important. They have to maintain their grades for them to continue playing football. Yeah, I think it's a big thing to um, to have. My daughter also plays. I have a nine-year-old. Okay. Uh, she plays in school and part of playing, you have to maintain an average uh, okay. grades. Otherwise, you are out of the club if um, you're not performing in class. So that also helps actually, that the fact that they, are, they have a cap and on how much you should, uh, your grades should be or you are dropped out of the club. So it makes, it forces kids to work hard yeah, both, yeah. Uh, both on the field and also in class. Does Zambia have um, scholarships for uh, the youth? Like, let's say they are performing well in the clubs and uh, do they have scholarships to, like, you know, go to universities and stuff like that? Those ones will be provided mostly by the clubs. Got it. But in the case of Zambia, the current mm -hmm. um, FA president, um, Mr. Andrew Ndanga Kamanga, actually provided scholarships scholarships for all the boys and girls that were part of the national team starting 2019 so oh. that has really helped in trying to you know preach the message of them uh, of the importance of education but also some families who have been struggling maybe for fees and you know other school requirements but because their children are talented that is a burden that is taken over by the fa so that has really helped oh, that's beautiful i'm i'm focusing on that because there's a lot of um Zambians that do listen back home and some of them might be interested in having their children in the clubs. And um, is there a fee for, for the kids to join or no? Well, they're, they're different academies. Others are fee paying, others are free. Okay. So it just depends on what your choice is really. Are they treated the same? The, the approaches will be different based on the philosophy of that club or okay. academy. Uh, but ultimately, I think the idea is to produce players that will uh, hopefully be able to to play for the junior national teams because also we've created um, the under 15 national team which has competed in um, different competitions in Europe we've played oh, in Croatia we've played in Georgia and we're looking to play in the Norway Cup this year so you know you can get your kids to be a part of the national team um, if they're good enough at a very young age now oh beautiful that's amazing what's the future for you you've done so much uh, already in the football world, now you are with our national team. What do you see is your future? Sometimes I never know how to answer that question, to be honest. Because if I look back at the recent past, when, when I was at OIDC, I probably thought I had a future planned out. 
you know but at the end of the day i am a believer and i believe like you know god has it all sorted out for me because yeah. if, if you told me in 2018 that i would be technical director for the football association of zambia there was no chance there was no chance you know but here i am i would never have thought five, i've been in this position for five years now um yeah, i'm the youngest td in africa by the way the youngest technical wow. director in africa possibly wow. the world but um to if i had to guess Six years ago, I would not have guessed that I would be the technical director of the Football Association of Zambia. So with all the, you know, but, but I see a future where I would be able to contribute massively to the development of the game, mm-hmm. maybe at a global stage. In what capacity, I don't know. But I can see, I can see how my life has been, you know, throughout the journey from Kalinga to studying at Bath and Loughborough to, yeah. you know, working at the OIDC and now at Fuzz. I can sort of have an idea where you know God is taking me and how he's um helped me on this journey because I've always believed that you know whatever stage I'm at at the moment is preparing me for the next so the next stage I don't know but hopefully it'll be involved in the game at a larger scale maybe at continental level and the global stage I have no doubt you'll get there and Thank um, you. it's amazing on how um I guess um God has guided you which is mm-hmm. amazing and um thank you so much for your insight I'm excited for the Zambian team uh it's all kudos to you guys uh you, you and your team for getting them there and the players I'm just looking forward to us you know taking it home uh this has been such an honor to have you on and thank you so much for having it's me so really early really humbled no I'm <laughs> humbled it's uh, I'm grateful and um thank you for being transparent with your story it's so inspirational and uh i can't wait just to have uh you know well, no matter what happens it's exciting that zambia is there as part of you know the event that's happening right now and you know again hats off to you guys and the whole thank team. you thank you so much thank you that's it on today's episode it's truly an honor to serve each and every dreamer concrete precious now provides targeted services to dreamers coming to the us of a we assist you to successfully integrate we are here to support you as you write your new chapter kindly check out our services in the link tree until next time keep dreaming Bonnie